morning, I just want to continue talking about our series on Monday to Saturday. What we have been emphasizing in this uh, series is that as believers, our life is more than what happens on Sunday morning when we come to church. You know, it's more than these two hours that we spend together worshiping God and uh, listening to the Word. What happens on Monday to Saturday is so important as believers. What happens through us. And that's the real test. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we are really called to be believers, Monday through Saturday. So as we began this series, we emphasized, first of all, that all of us carry a mandate on our lives on Monday through Saturday. That means there is a commission on our lives, a heavenly calling on our lives, Monday through Saturday. And we kind of summed up this mandate, Monday through Saturday mandate, in, by using our church acronym APCWO. Here's what you do, Monday through Saturday. A, you keep your altar on fire, aflame with love and passion for God. P, you practice the presence of God throughout the week. Uh, C, you to a, connect to a Christ-centered community. C, for community. Be a part of a community. Even two or three people disconnect, encourage each other. W, for witness. Be a witness to your immediate world. And O, for outreach. Go beyond your comfort zone and reach out to other lives that need to be touched for the kingdom of God. So if we can just do these things throughout the week, our lives, Monday through Saturday, will have an impact for the kingdom of God. We will be able to make a difference in the world we live in. Last Sunday, we talked about emptiest missionaries. All of us are missionaries, Monday through Saturday. Amen? We are men and women on a mission. And uh, we have a heavenly call on our lives. And live that way, Monday through Saturday, as though you are on a mission. Amen? Live as a missionary, Monday to Saturday. We talked about the lives of uh, certain stories of, of people who've made a difference in this world as they journeyed, as they lived as missionaries Monday through Saturday. This morning, I just want to talk about emptiest miracles. Miracles that God does Monday through Saturday. And uh, I just want to bring the simple encouragement to us. And it's simply this, that expect miracles Monday through Saturday. Don't limit miracles. Don't limit the miraculous. Don't expect God to speak to you only on a Sunday morning when you come to church. Don't expect God to touch your life only on a Sunday morning or only in a prayer meeting or only in a special gathering. Now, God does those things and we must expect God to work when we gather together in church or whether we gather when we gather together in our life groups. Those are places where we definitely must see the working of the supernatural. Those are training grounds. Those are places where we can practice. But do not relegate the supernatural only to the church gatherings or the life groups or crusade meetings. Monday through Saturday is God's time to demonstrate the supernatural through us. Amen? You know, what did Jesus say? He said, these signs will follow those who believe. Mark 16 verse 17. These signs will follow the believers. You're a believer. And wherever you are, signs and miracles will follow you. Amen? Wherever you are, whether at home, school, college, place of work, out on the streets, commercial street, brigade road, forum mall, wherever you are, signs and miracles are to follow you. You're a believer. And Jesus told us, go into all the world and bring the gospel to every creature. Go to the whole world, not just go to church. Go to the whole world. Bring the gospel there. Take the power of God there. So as believers, I want to encourage us this morning. A very simple encouragement. 
Expect the supernatural Monday through Saturday. Expect the miraculous. Expect God to answer prayer. Expect God to touch lives through you. Because you are a believer. Amen? Now, reading the Bible, you and I will notice that the majority of the miracles that God did took place not inside the synagogue, not inside the temple, but out in everyday life. Amen? Majority of things that God did was out in, the, in, in everyday life. And it's very interesting to take note that when Jesus launched his ministry, when Jesus did his first miracle, he didn't do it in the synagogue. He didn't do it in a 24-hour prayer meeting. Of all places, he did it at a wedding feast. That's where he began his miraculous ministry. Amen? I mean, none of us would ever think that, you know, hey, a wedding reception, but everybody's thinking about the food. They're thinking about eating and dining and, you know, just having a nice time. Nobody's feeling really spiritual. And that's where Jesus, the Son of God, performs his very first miracle. And you and I would think that, you know, it is good strategy that the first miracle be, you know, the biggest and the greatest. Raise a dead person or one or two people. Raise two dead people. And that's the way to launch your ministry. But he does something like turning water to wine of all things. That's his first miracle. To introduce his ministry to the world. What's the point? God wants to do the supernatural in everyday life. Amen. And you look at the ministry of Jesus. Yes, he did things in the synagogue as he preached and he spoke in synagogues. But most of his work was done outside. The home of uh, Simon Peter and Andrew was one of his primary places where he did many miracles in Capernaum. He would come back to their home often. Probably a place where he rested often. And uh, one of the first miracles he did in Peter's house was uh, when he came in, Peter's mother-in-law was sick and he healed her of fever. And that same evening, the Bible tells us, you know, a lot of people gathered together at Peter's house. And he ministered, he healed all those who were sick and he cast out devils. And then as he continued on his journey, he came back to Capernaum, went straight to Peter's house. And the news got around, hey, Jesus is back in Peter's house. And uh, quickly people were gathered together in Peter's house and Jesus was preaching. And uh, a group of four men decided to take their friend to Peter's house. And they couldn't make a way into that home, so they tore up his roof. And I don't know how much Peter charged them for it, but they let him down through the roof and Jesus healed this man. Miracles at home. So you and I must begin to expect God to do the miraculous, not only on ch- in church services, not only in our life groups, they must happen there, but also in our homes. Amen? Monday through Saturday, expect God to work in Home situations. I want to think about, think about some examples in the Old Testament when Elijah the prophet, God sent him down to Zarephath and, uh, and there was this widow woman. All she had was some little flour and a jar of oil. And God wanted to make, work a miracle in that situation. Now notice very carefully in the Bible that Elijah didn't tell her, you bring your flour, of oil, flour and oil and bring it to my healing crusade tomorrow when I'm going to be anointed and I will pray over that. He didn't say that. He just said, at your home, make your last chapati, bring me a piece, and then say what God does. The same thing with Elisha in 2 Kings 6, when this widow, her husband had died, leaving her in great debt. All she had was a jar of oil. Elisha didn't say, 
bring it to a special prayer meeting where I'll be fasting and praying and I'll pray over the oil. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not against fasting and praying and special meetings and all that. But I'm purposely picking on these points to show you that God doesn't need a special setting to be God. He is God Monday to Saturday and He will work through believers wherever believers are. Amen? It's that we need to change our thinking. Because uh, we'll, I'll get to that a little later. But going back to Elisha's story, he didn't tell her to do anything special. He just said, you know, you go back to your home. Get as many pots, empty pots as you can. Shut the door and God will release the miraculous in your home. And you know the rest of the story, what happened. Miracles take place in our homes and we must expect that. Peter preaching in the house of Cornelius. The home of a person who didn't know anything about God. I mean, he was not even church broken. He hadn't stepped into church yet. And in that home, as Peter goes in, and for him it was a greater, bigger step because he was crossing cultural boundaries. He, a Jew, was entering the home of a Gentile to talk to them about Jesus. Surely in Peter's mind, he was not expecting God to do anything miraculous for the Gentiles. But here as he is talking to Cornelius and all his family members, God shows up. The Holy Spirit comes and, and he, they all just start praying in tongues. And Peter says, wait a minute, these people are not baptized in water. They haven't gone to the membership class. They haven't signed the membership form, but they're already speaking in tongues. See, God never violates his word. He always, or he tends to violate our understanding of his words. Amen. We think we've got it right. We've understood it right. And God says, hello. And he shocks us. He violates our understanding of his words. And so here Peter's theology goes, you know, kaput for a moment because these people haven't been baptized. As far as he knows, they're not even saved. They've never attended any church meeting. And here they are, praying in tongues. But God had already spoken to Peter and said, Peter, I'm going to do things that will shake your theology. Amen. So God, God is not afraid to step into our homes and work miracles. We need to change our thinking and say, God, I'm at home to a miracle. Out on the streets, Jesus worked miracles. Now he was walking down probably a very busy street, like commercial street or brigade road, I don't know. And it was so crowded. And in that crowded, busy street, a woman decides... That she's going to have a miracle. She's been having an issue of blood for 12 years. Been to all the hospitals. But she says, I'll go touch the hem of Jesus' garment. He didn't tell her to meet her the next day when he is at the healing crusade. He didn't say that. Right there. In the busy streets. In that crowded street. She receives a miracle. Amen. Jesus is walking down. He just came out of Jericho. He's walking down the road. There's a blind beggar sitting there. And he hears about Jesus. And, and he says, you know, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And right there, on the street, Jesus restores a blind man's sight. Miracles that take place out on the streets. So I want to encourage you and me. You may be, you know, busy going out shopping on some street. And you see a friend who has a need. Nothing wrong for you to stop right there and pray and expect God to step into that situation. Don't get so religious to say, you know, tomorrow is my day of prayer and fasting. Please come to my home or please come to church. Listen, you're a believer. 
God can work a miracle right then, right there. Pray right there, right there. God can do something. Amen. And Jesus worked miracles in unexpected places. Like we said, at a wedding feast, he worked a miracle. He was by a well, tired, weary, a woman coming to draw water. And he speaks a few words of knowledge that totally transform her life and the entire village that she comes from. An unexpected situation, a miracle that saved the life, not only of this woman, but her entire village. Amen. Look in the Bible and you see God working miracles in politics, in government offices. You see about Daniel and Esther and Nehemiah and Joseph. People who stood up in the government offices and, 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 and proclaimed the power and the name of God. And miracles took place. Amen. So the point I want to, encourage, I want to just communicate to us this, this morning is this. Monday through Saturday, expect God to use you in the miraculous. When you're at home, in your school, in your college, in your place of work, wherever you are, expect God to work through you. Amen. And God works all kinds of miracles. He's not just only in the healing business where he says, if you've got a problem for your healing, then I will take care of it. He does all kinds of miracles. He does business miracles. He does miracles uh, that turn situations around. He does miracles that can affect the lives of people emotionally, uh, mentally, all kinds of miracles. Think about Jesus as he was by the sea and uh, Peter and John and all the others They just returned after a whole night of fishing. I mean, they had a bad night. They didn't catch anything. And they come to the seashore. There's Jesus. He's preaching to this crowd. And lest the crowd push upon him, he says, Peter, can I just use your boat for a while? So he goes out. He sits in the boat. He continues his message, finishes it. Then he hands the boat back to Peter. And he says, Peter, I want you to go out in the deep water and throw your net for a big catch. Now, Peter is processing this in his mind. He's saying, this is Jesus, formerly a carpenter. He knows nothing about fishing. And he is telling me to go into the deep waters. I have just spent, me and my whole team, we've spent the whole night doing this. And he's telling me to do it. But yet he he knows this is Jesus, the miracle worker. let, Let me just act on his word. I don't lose anything by acting on his word. Goes out back into the water, throws his net, and you know the story. Not only does Peter's boat get filled with fishes, but all the boats, he calls all his partners. They bring their boats and all their boats are filled. What was, a, what was that kind of a miracle? It wasn't a healing miracle, but a business miracle. A miracle that touched Peter at his very livelihood. That was his business. So expect God to do miracles in your place of work. You are a believer. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will work miracles. You expect God to use you to bring miracles into your place of work. Wherever you are in your homes, your colleges, schools, streets, unexpected places, unexpected miracles, expect God to do it. Amen? Now, I just want to address before I close here this morning, why is it that sometimes we as believers, although we know that we serve a God of miracles, although we know that we serve a great and mighty God, Why is it that we as believers, you know, Monday through Saturday, we don't expect miracles. We hope that God will do something Sunday morning. And if it doesn't happen Sunday morning, it's okay because another Sunday will come. 
seven days later. <laughs> and we go from Sunday to Sunday. And why is it that Monday to Saturday, we don't normally expect the supernatural? Or why is it we don't step out and pray or do the things we know we are supposed to do to see God work? Here are some reasons I just want to address and hopefully will help us. Here's the first one. You know, Monday to Saturday, most of us don't feel very spiritual. I mean, we don't feel very spiritual. Monday morning, you go to work and man, your boss just walks past you. And you know it's going to be a rough week. You can just sense it. It's coming. I don't know, there's, there's a lot of pressure, things to be done, deadlines, projects to be completed, tough people to work with, deal with, sometimes unfair, unjust, all kinds of situations. And it's more, it is, it's the place that we are not going to feel very spiritual. The last thing we want to do is to say, God work America. And so, you know, And that's one major reason why we don't expect the supernatural. Because we don't feel spiritual. We think that for God to work miracles, we have to come to some deep spiritual state. And then God might do a miracle. That's wrong theology. Amen? We need to change that thinking. Jesus was really tired. But he had some words of knowledge for a woman. Who came to the well. It changed her life. And her whole village. He could have said heavenly father. I'm feeling really tired. I don't feel the anointing on me. I had a long day. Please leave me alone. (laughs) He could have said something like that. But no. As tired as he was. He was God's instrument. To change a life. And an entire village. I want to challenge us. That Monday through Saturday. As we go through the mundane, very, very natural things of life, let's be naturally supernatural. Don't try to whip yourself into a state of spiritual frenzy, hoping that because you have crossed the line and gotten into this state, God will work a miracle. God doesn't need it. Just be natural. You don't even have to switch over from Bangalore English to King James English. You don't even have to make that transition. God doesn't need King James English to answer prayer. Amen. Just pray your normal, oh my God, I don't know what to do, but do something God. Just pray your normal way. Be naturally supernatural. These signs follow those who believe. You're a believer. Signs are there to follow you. Another reason why... Uh, Many of us don't expect the supernatural Monday through Saturday, wherever we are in our homes or places of work. It's maybe because we've got this idea in our minds that, you know, God will work in a place where there is a lot of worship, a lot of holy people, a lot of praying people. In my office, with this kind of a boss, with these kind of colleagues, I don't think even God's interested in coming here. And so in our minds, we have somehow relegated the supernatural to certain kinds of places and environments. And that's again, a wrong thinking. And like we said, as we began this morning, every, almost, or the majority of miracles that God did, He didn't wait for 
some atmosphere to happen. He didn't wait for tons of people to be praying. It was in everyday life that God worked miracles. Amen. Now it's nice if you have a, a very spiritual atmosphere where a lot of people are praying and believing and have faith. It's great if you have that. But that doesn't affect God any bit. Amen. You're a believer and these signs follow those who believe. If you are the only believer, that's still okay. You're a believer. And signs and miracles will follow you. So we need to change our thinking that, you know, God will only work miracles in church or in life group or in crusades to saying, you know, God will work miracles wherever believers are. I'm a believer. I'm here in my classroom. I'm a believer. I'm here on the sports field. I'm a believer. I'm here in a restaurant. I'm a believer. I'm here in a bar. Not to drink, but to touch lives. I'm a believer. I'm here in the shopping mall. I'm a believer. I'm here. Miracles can happen. Amen? God's not afraid of going into bars. Only you and I are. He's just waiting for you and me to go into the bars. Why? Because He wants to reach those people. He wants them to know there's a better way of life. The problem is you and I are afraid to go in. And so God can never get through to them. At the most, we stand outside on the door (laughs) with our tracks in our hand, hoping that as I come out in the drunken stupor, where they can barely walk, they will somehow manage to read the tract. My God, that's not going to happen. He needs somebody inside who can go in there and say, I don't care what others think about this. I'm here with a desire to touch their lives. See, we've put so many limitations on ourselves with all our wrong religious thinking. So many things we put upon ourselves. And God wants to violate every one of those religious mindsets that we have. Including this one, that God only works in special places. God works through believers. You're a believer. Wherever you are, there's a potential for a miracle. Amen? Another reason why you and I do not expect miracles to happen through our lives Monday through Saturday is because we think, you know, how could God use poor little me? Now, I'm not Benny Hinn. I'm not some big name. I'm just poor little me. How could God use me? You need a miracle? I have my pastor's mobile number. (laughs) Yeah, get him on the line, you know. And we tend to think like this. And again, that's wrong thinking. Jesus didn't say these signs will follow pastors. These signs will follow evangelists. He said these signs will follow believers. You're a believer. So get rid of that wrong thinking that you are poor little me. You're not poor little me. You are a believer. You are a son, a daughter of the kingdom. You carry the kingdom. You have been given the authority of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, you are bigger than John the Baptist. Amen. Could Jesus, remember Jesus said something like this, even the least in the kingdom is greater than John. See, you're already, you've got a good start. You're already, you've already outdone John the Baptist, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. So what are you waiting for? And the Bible tells us so very clearly in 1 Corinthians 1, you know, you know you're calling brethren, how that Not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound things which are mighty. He has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound things which are wise. Things which do nothing. 
to confound things that are. So God just wants to work through ordinary people. We incorrectly place this qualifier that, you know, you have to be a big name if God was going to work through you. You don't need to. Just be a believer. These signs follow those who believe. Amen. Another reason why you and I hesitate to expect the miraculous is because of fear. And a God, I know how to pray. I know what to pray. I am ready to pray. But what if nothing happens? God, what if nothing happens? I'll be embarrassed. And then I'll have to save your reputation, God. I'll have to explain to people that you are still God. And you still heal. You are still Jehovah Rapha. God, I don't want all this problem. I'll just leave things as they are. And so fear keeps us from stepping out. It's not that you and I don't know how to pray. We know it. We've heard it so many times. It's not that you and I don't believe in a God who works miracles. We know that our God does. So we've got everything. But there's one little thing that hinders us from stepping out. It's the fear of failure. What if nothing happens? I mean, what if I lay my hands on my colleague telling him that God's going to heal him and, and his headache gets worse? You know, how am I going to explain it? I want to challenge us that, you know, every time you think, what if nothing happens? Just turn it around and say, what if something does happen? What if something does happen? Choose to err on that side. You're not making a mistake. You're simply stepping out, word of God. What if something does happen? What if my colleague does get healed? What if... God really answers this prayer and turns this difficult situation around. What if God really opens that door which seems impossible? What if it does happen? What could be the consequences? Many lives changed. People giving me attention to hear the rest of the story about Jesus Christ. What if something does happen? Think about Peter, you know. He was with, with all of his friends in the boat and as, uh, in the middle of a storm. And Peter in his good sense and in his right mind, knew he was not supposed to step out of the boat. Things were rough. There was a storm. Even in normal circumstances, you don't try to walk on water. Now it was worse. And yet Peter had the courage to say, Lord, if you tell me to come, I'll come. And Jesus took him up on the challenge. He said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat and he walks in the water. I want to challenge you and me. In those moments when you think, what if nothing happens? Remember Peter. Remember Peter. He said, Lord, if you tell me, I'll do it. Jesus has already given you his word. He said, lay hands on the sick. In my name, you work miracles. I've given you the authority of the kingdom of heaven. He's already said it. Now you be like Peter. Let me be like Peter. Let's step out of the boat. What if nothing happens? What if I fail? What happened to Peter? He saw the winds, he saw the waves. I mean, he was walking on the water. I don't know how many steps he took. He must have walked a while. And suddenly he realized, I'm a fisherman. Fishermen don't do these kinds of things. And not in the middle of a storm. And his mind kicked in. He got afraid. Began to sink. But Jesus reached out to him. And they walked back on the water. Back to the boat. So even if you fail, God's able to carry you back to your boat. Amen.
You don't have to do any public relations work to, you know, take care of the image of God. Don't worry. All you're doing is acting on the word. Leave the results to God. Use whatever faith you have and say, God, this is a faith I have. You've already given your word. I'm acting on it. And don't let the failure of others hinder you because that's another thing. We say, you know, I've tried in the past. It didn't work. I know so-and-so who tried it. It didn't work. Now you're telling me to pray in my office. So you're telling me to do this in my place of work. What, what if I make a fool of myself? Don't let the failure of other people hinder you. Don't let, let the failure of past experiences hinder you. I think every person whom God uses to work miracles, who, work, who has seen God work miracles, also knows that they have had failures in their lives. That they have prayed prayers that nothing happens. And maybe the person they prayed for died a little sooner. You know, we've all had those stories. But we don't stop. Because God's word is true. There's nothing wrong with God. It's just that you and I are learning how to be vehicles and instruments in the hands of God. Amen. So this morning I want to challenge all of us as individuals. You know God really needs us Monday through Saturday. He appreciates the fact that you came to church. He appreciates the fact that you came to take time to worship Him. But He needs you Monday to Saturday. And as a believer, He wants to manifest His glory through your life, Monday to Saturday, wherever you are. At home, at school, at college, out on the streets, in a place of work, in the malls, in the restaurants, on the football field, wherever you are, you are a believer. Miracles can happen. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.